Shut up and sit down. Coffee with the coaches. Episode 22. There's the bell. And we're coming to you from the mega desk as always. <laughs> there it is. We got to bring that back. We've left that up, that part out in the last oh, couple did. of episodes. I was really tired the last time. I was just like, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> well, my name is Michael. And this I'm is, Paige. This is Paige. And we are going to start this thing with a dad joke like we always do. <laughs> Paige, do you want to go first or second? Sure, I'll go. All right. I'll go first. All right. Why did the lion eat the tightrope walker? Why did the lion eat the tightrope walker? I don't know. He wanted a well-balanced meal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What happens? Where's my... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Which one is it? I already lost track. There, there it is. <laughs> okay, what happens when you slap Dwayne Johnson on the butt? Something about a rock. <laughs> you hit rock bottom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, I yeah, like, I like that, that one. one. You got one more? I mean, I can if you Give have one another more. one. Give us one more. <clears throat> Why, uh, do you have one? I do. Okay, you say yours first. <laughs> okay. I asked my wife if I'm the only one that she's ever been with, and she said yes. All the other ones were nines and tens. <laughs> <laughs> that one was really good, actually. <laughs> Oh, I, I need to give okay. myself. Yeah, give I'm giving myself give a rim shot for a that one. <laughs> Typically, mine are the groaners and the shitty ones, but I came with the good ones today. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's a groaner. I used to make clown shoes for a living, which was no small feat. <laughs> okay, I like it. All right. On to the serious yeah. stuff. What are okay. we talking about today, Paige? Oh, wait, I feel like we should share Justin Lindsay's because he like he just came in and like snuck in with that good one this morning on you and like very slyly said it in the middle of the workout and you were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that is true. He hit me with a really good one and I don't remember off the top of my... Do you remember yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, tell it. He said, I was going to start my diet yesterday, but my plate was too full. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And he caught me totally off guard with that one. So I'm going to give him the rim shot too. But he taught me, he caught me totally off guard because we were working out in the class together and, uh, and I was just coming around the corner to put away my, uh, my, my mat and he just leaned in like he was going to tell me something important and it turned out to be a joke and he just, I mean, I lost it. I completely lost my whole composure. Yeah, that was a good one. Good job, Linzo. All right, so what's our, what's our topic for the day, Paige? I know you had one you wanted to dig into today. All right. We're going to talk about overrated and underrated recovery methods. So essentially, things that people do to enhance their recovery from their workouts. So things like sauna, heat and cold contrast, sleep, nutrition, like all around a lot of it. Okay. And I, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, crap, I was going to make an Instagram poll and ask people about recovery things so if you guys have any 
after this episode that you'd like us to talk about, we'll talk about it. But I realized that I forgot. I've been really terrible on social media <laughs> the past like two weeks. I just don't. I just don't social media really. Yeah. And so I forgot to get on there and pull the audience about well, it. We've both both <laughs> been working extra hard these, the last month or so. Yeah. And so I've kind of <clears throat> been the same way. I've just been <clears throat> off of social media more than normal. So don't blame us. Yeah. We've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> So. Well, where do you want to start with that one? I mean, do you have a particular, do you have a list that you want to work through or nope. do you want to just spitball as we <laughs> We're go? spitballing. Okay. So let's nope, see. Nope, nope. All right. So just, uh, just throw one out there. Let's see. The last one I, I actually saw this one on Instagram last night, but it was the, um, oh, it's almost like those sleeves that you put your legs into. Oh There's yeah. A the Normatec boots. Maybe. But it goes all the way up your leg. Mm. And I actually don't have any experience with this at all. I just know there's a few of the cyclists that I follow on Instagram that there's one or two of them that really swear by this. And I don't know anything about it. Do you have any experience with this one, Paige? Um, no, I've never used it. I know there's probably a few people in our gym that have actually like tried it out. But mm -hmm. um, the it's essentially, I, I've never actually even looked into them. I've heard them talked about many times. And this is going to be a repeating theme of a lot of this stuff is, you know, if you're not a high level athlete, it's probably not really <laughs> useful for you. But well, then that um, would be a good uh, a caveat here is I actually am talking about high level athletes uh -huh. that I've seen using these. Yes. And one guy in particular, he's a, a, a world class cyclist, like mm -hmm. uphill record setting and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's who I'm talking about. Right on, right on. Yeah. So, uh, the Normatec boots kind of aid in warm up and recovery. And I just did a quick Google search to, to, cause I didn't want to just say something that I didn't really know what I was talking about, but it says they <clears throat> use dynamic air compression to create a restorative massage that it, it just essentially increases circulation in the legs. So, <clears throat> um, whenever you put them on, I think they, they typically go, they cover your, I think they kind of keep your leg in a locked position. They go up past the knee. Yeah. They go all the way up the leg. So it, you can use them pre-workout or post-workout to kind of help aid in uh, blood flow. So it'll kind of stimulate a little bit of circulation to help get the tissues warmed up. And then when you're done working out, it can help recover those tissues by keeping blood flowing con consistently through there while you're just sitting around and letting, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you don't want to move around to recover, it can stimulate some blood flow while you're just essentially sitting there. So it's basically just like air compressive <clears throat> massage yeah. within that sleeve. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And overrated or underrated? I don't even know. What's your guess? <laughs> That's just the last one I saw. Yeah, um, it's like a, it depends thing, I think. It's probably, it's got to be expensive. Mm -hmm. It's got to be an expensive apparatus. Yes. Um, Normatec 2.0 for the four small payments of four ninety nine. Four small <laughs> payments, all right. They're about, it's about $1,200. Okay. So um, <clears throat> the... I just made that, I made that up, but they, <laughs> oh, okay. it is about $1,200 for this, for the system. It looks like, so obviously there's plenty of people that are doing just fine in their exercise and recovery routines without these. So I'm going to go with overrated for the average athlete. Uh, if you're a pro all-star, if you're a Matt Frazier, Katrin David's daughter, you would probably want to invest in something like if that. If you're making your money off yeah. of your fitness, if you're making yeah, money off sense. of it. Otherwise, your fitness is going to be making money off of you when you buy those boots. <laughs> <laughs> That's an important distinction. 
<laughs> yeah. So Norman Tech Boots, overrated for anybody listening to this podcast, probably. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what what's the next one on the on your list? Um, one that I'm thinking of. Oh, let's go massage guns because those are really popular right now. Okay. Well, I think a lot of us have one. Yeah. Yeah. So one. how do you feel about massage guns, Michael? Um, I actually really like it for an particular tightness that I get in my upper back and that's one particular thing that I use it for mm-hmm. um, I know I've seen it I've seen people drilling on their bodies all over the place um, and I've tried it in ways like that but really I've only found it effective just in my kind of along my shoulder blade on my left side <laughs> so it's a very specific <laughs> that purpose that one yeah. spot it's a very specific uh, specific purpose that I use it for and I've just I've had tightness there my, my whole adult life and mm-hmm. I think it may have a lot to do with my just my posture you know mm-hmm. I stand upright and I pull my shoulders back and then when I combine that with Olympic lifts and pulling movements uh-huh. I tend to get really bound up there so yeah and the only relief I can typically find for that is uh, when Courtney massages with her thumbs and then obviously her hands will will, will get tired doing that so then with the gun, it's yeah. easier on her hands. So yeah. That's what I use it for. Her little... Super specific purpose, I guess. Her little Vienna sausage fingers <laughs> can't handle it. <laughs> right on. Yeah, we have a we have a massage gun, too. Um, <clears throat> and I know I could probably name five people in the gym that also have one. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a fairly small investment. I think you can get them on Amazon for like $100 or less uh, for a pretty, pretty decent, decent one. Um... I, I'm kind of on the verge with this one. I want to say, I want to say underrated in its appropriate use because a, a massage gun is something that you want to kind of couple with movement. Mm-hmm. So kind of like we talked about with the, the, with chiropractic care, whenever Dr. Don was on here, um, it's something that you kind of want to couple, you can utilize it sort of like those Normatec boots as a way to kind of warm up and get some blood flow to an area or to break apart some, uh, some fascia, some adhesions that are going on between the muscles. So, um, if you think about like interlacing your fingers <clears throat> and that's your muscle fibers together, well, sometimes they can develop, uh, these kind of adhesions in between the fibers. If they're just constantly used and used and recovering and recovering, they can get kind of bound up and, um, just, I, I want to say, like, think about whenever you're trimming a, a tenderloin, like getting all the, like the gristle and stuff out of it, yeah. you know, you kind of think of it that way. So if your fingers are interlocked and you're trying to pull them apart, but you're also squeezing your fingers together, that can kind of imitate sort of a stiff muscle. Whereas when you massage that and soften it up a little bit, just like you would tenderize a steak a little bit, that can help kind of let those muscle fibers slide and glide apart from each other a little bit more easily. But if you do that massage and you have that, like, that breakup of those adhesions, but then you don't couple it with any movement. Well, it's just going to kind of go back to where it was without any additional blood flow and any uh, stretch of those tissues. So if you're sitting on the couch or something and you massage your super tight quads and then you just keep sitting there and not really do anything else with it, you'll make a little bit of change, but you'll make much more change if you can actually um, maybe do that a little bit on each leg and then do like a a rear foot elevated squat and kind of sit in that couch stretch position in the bottom to help lengthen that tissue also after you've massaged it and softened it up a little bit. So, and and it can also be a good way to, like you said, in in your back, um, it can be a temporary 
uh, relief on the muscles that surround your your lungs and your rib cage. It can kind of just just by doing it on your back and your spine, you've got all those little tiny muscles that go in between your ribs. And whenever you massage and relax those, well, when you're breathing, you're moving. And so mm-hmm. as you're breathing and taking really deep inhales and exhales, you're getting that movement out of those muscles after you've kind of broken them up. So that can kind of that can help there just without really doing a whole lot of exercise movement with it. Yeah. <clears throat> So I would say underrated and it's appropriate use, whereas mo- a lot of people are just going to sit there on the couch or something and just, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it can help a little bit that way, but you could be getting a better benefit out of it when you couple it with movement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. How about, how about the ice baths? Right on. <laughs> you got any thoughts on that? <clears throat> There's, kind of like that's one of those ones that kind of goes in and out of favor uh-huh. you know you hear the the fitness industry jump on the ice bath bandwagon and then a few years later they want to throw it under the bus as if this is garbage and it doesn't do any good for anybody i've yeah. seen this one go in and out of favor <clears throat> at least twice just in the little bit of time maybe the 10 years i've been involved in this so it's yeah. kind of interesting to see these swings this one's similar to the uh, the massage gun and the Normatec boot thing. <laughs> this is, it all depends. Um, yeah. with, with an ice bath, sometimes it's done for the wrong reason. It depends on what your intent, your intent is with it. So sometimes if, if you're, if you're having like a hard practice, like a, if, say you're a football player or crossfitter or something, you're having a really, really hard practice and, um, you're just really overheated, exhausted after, and you think that, an ice bath is going to help your recovery. So you pop in an ice bath and then you get out and you're done with your day. You're defeating the purpose of that training because an ice bath helps to temporarily cool down and just essentially bring your body back to a, a, a pre pre-worked state. So think of it like this. If you're, if you're a CrossFit athlete and you're doing multiple, um, multiple events in a day, then an ice bath would be beneficial in between events to help cool you down and help you get ready for the next event. The next event that's coming up right. quickly. Yes. But if you have the option of just <clears throat> maybe just doing a little bit of recovery movement, cooling down slowly, letting your heart rate return to its normal ha- resting heart rate over the course of like 12 hours, get some sleep, get some food in, you would be better benefited by something like that. Mm. Um, but there is some benefit to contrast heat and cold um, away from, you know, like say you work out in the morning and at night before you go to bed, you want to do some contrast heat and cold. I don't really know like the whole super sciencey stuff that is involved with that. Like I've, I've, I've definitely read and studied from a lot of people that are much more knowledgeable than me that it can have, um, it can have favorable benefits for like your hormones and things like that if you do that contrast heat and cold. But it, it's right after your workout, it's not necessarily useful. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess that kind of makes me think of the whole concept of inflammation because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of been misunderstood over the years. I, yeah. Like I think for a lot, of, a lot of time people thought that inflammation was a bad thing and then maybe here more recently we've uh, recognized that inflammation is an important part of the process of training and healing. Mm -hmm. So inflammation is not to be avoided. Right. So I think maybe that's 
that was the thought process, or it might, or might have been the right. thought process behind ice baths in previous years was we're trying to avoid the inflammation. But. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So that brings up a good point. Like when you have an injury, like a an ankle sprain or a, a um, you know you strain a muscle or whatever. When you when that immediate when that injury immediately occurs, unless you have like really excessive swelling that blocks the mobilization of your joint, you don't want to ice it. Yeah, and that's, that whole, that's the rice method. Right. It's outdated information. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny that it's still like so prevalent out there because the guy that invented the rice or that coined the rice method, he he ate his words in 2013 or something. You know, it's been years since he kind of retracted that statement. Yeah, and says, there's a lot of people still holding. Yeah, on people to still that do it. <laughs> people still do it, including like, you know, physical therapists and doctors, like, you know, of doctors that ve- that deal with musculoskeletal um, conditions and issues. So it's kind of interesting that that still lives on yeah. <laughs> because and it's I'm- important to. It's important. The reason that 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 tissue. The reason it swells a little bit and it gets hot and you feel like that heat sensation around it is because all of those those cells that need to come in and clean up and eat up eat up whatever tissue's been damaged or help repair like that's the reason that's the that's body does that on purpose process. yeah that's yeah. how it heals itself so it's needed unless like say you say it's your knee and it swells up so big that you can't even bend it then yeah okay then you need to ice it and let it kind of calm down for a little bit maybe take some anti-inflammatories until it calms down and those tissues kind of go back to a state where you can kind of move them a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you also need to start moving those joints as soon as possible but don't take our word for it talk to your physician about what you know if you've got an injury you're like oh man I need to start moving this thing like it it, you might have an injury that doesn't need to be moved but a lot of times it needs to be moved (laughs) this is this will come up continuously through this conversation (laughs) is it depends. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that really comes into play here as well, because yeah. I mean, sure, there's a time and a place for the rice method, but mm-hmm. I, it definitely got overused there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember what that exactly stands for. It rest, was rest, ice, Im- compression, elevation. Compression. That was the one I was missing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I was trying to write that out while you were talking and I couldn't remember <laughs> what they stood for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's one that's kind of been outdated and, or it's, you know, it's just, it's just funny that it's still around. And like, and this is one that really gets me is when, when a lot of these student athletes who like volleyball players and things are putting ankle braces on their, on their ankles and locking them into a certain position and not allowing them to strengthen and fully move through their full range of motion. So when you put an ankle brace on a, or when you put a brace on a joint constantly and you try to restrict its movement and then you never really train or strengthen that joint through its full range of movement bam there you go it's gonna get sprained it's gonna get broke something's gonna break you're like, not giving it the opportunity to get strong right you're right putting <clears throat> a splint on it essentially yeah yeah i mean it's, it would be the same as just wearing a weight belt all mm-hmm. the time and mm-hmm. never giving your core an opportunity to actually get strong and right understand right. how to how to work with the rest of your body right and so it's important like if you have a tricky joint that just always bugs you then it's important to kind of assess that joint and assess the joints above and below and see what's going on and why it's giving you so many issues um yeah there's probably going to be a few people out there in the world that have some sort of maybe a musculotendinous um like 
malformity or a bony block of some sort where they just really, really need to prevent that wear and tear on that joint, then that's, you know, understandable. They're going to have to be really careful with those things. But make sure that you've done everything you can in order to gain strength and range of motion in that joint before you just put a splint on it and don't let it move ever. Well, my really simplistic example that this makes me think of is when I played basketball when I was in high school, I was always wearing high top shoes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was essentially kind of wearing a super basic ankle brace because I just had all that extra support around my ankles Mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out why I was always spraining my ankles. I mean, (laughs) I'd sprained them so many times and then Fast forward into my mid-20s, I finally decided to go out and start running barefoot. Yeah. And so I spent a whole summer just running barefoot on the football field. Uh-huh. And I knock on wood, I haven't had any ankle issues <laughs> yeah. since my mid-20s when I specifically started training the strength of my ankles. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big one, too, with, like, um, with cushy shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, walking around in really highly cushioned shoes all day long. It's like wearing a back brace all day long and your your the muscles in your foot are just going to forget essentially how to work because you're not training them constantly. It's like, you know, sitting on a couch all day long when you could be up and moving around. So you want those muscles within your feet and it, you know, if you've got back issues, don't wear a back brace all day long. Um, wear it in during times where you feel like you're doing a lot of lifting and you might need that extra support, but try to spend as much time as you can out of your shoes, out of the back brace, out of the ankle brace, yada, 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 like all those things. We are humans. We're meant to move. That's the reason all of our joints go in these directions they go is because they're meant to. And so, yeah. well, I, the analogy that I will give people when they first get started with CrossFit and they're talking about back pain and protecting their backs yeah. and back braces and things like this is I say, look, you know, we're particularly, we're specifically training a particular range of motion. We know exactly how much weight we're using. We know exactly where we're going to move with this. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to use your back in a particular lift where we're trying to train our backs. Right. Right. But if you are in the garage lifting a random object, you don't know how much it weighs, uh, you're stretched out into a weird position that isn't optimal, then of course you would want to lift with your legs. You'd, you might want to wear a back brace and mm-hmm. things like that because those variables aren't controlled for in a situation like that. But in the gym, when you're specifically trying to train your back, don't be afraid to use your back. You know, yeah. it's, it's just that difference in understanding and what the purpose mm-hmm. is. Right, right. And if it hurts, then don't do it. Let us know. We'll figure something else out. (laughs) Um, So going back to massage, I kind of like to talk about, you know, actual massage would be a good one to talk about because people a lot of times um, are like, oh, God, I need a massage. I need a massage so bad. I'm so tight. I need a massage. And that would be a a good one to, to hit on. So do you have any views on that? I know you don't really, you don't have massages really very I don't. often, I'm, do you? <laughs> this one, I don't know. This conversation is a uh, not a super strong one for me uh-huh. because I, I don't buy into a lot of the recovery techniques. Um, and I specifically don't don't pay money for most of the, the products that you see out there that are promising different claims. Yeah. Uh, mm. I definitely appreciate a good massage when I can get one. But <laughs> right. <laughs> as far as trying to fix injuries. I don't know that I necessarily <laughs> go at it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same thing about a manual massage by like a, a massage therapist. The, I would say the same thing about that as I would probably the, uh, the massage guns and, um, 
Norman Tech boots, things like that. When you when you kind of couple it with your lifestyle, it's beneficial. Um, <clears throat> I honestly just really really enjoy getting a massage, so I get it pretty often. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's something that again, just like we talked about with the the massage guns, if you can couple it with movement of some sort, even better. I'm not saying like go do a full blown lifting session after, after, but you know, if you can run through like some Jefferson curls where you kind of just curl down and curl up and do some, uh, like some stretching movements following a massage, you're getting even more benefit out of it. You're still going to get benefit out of a massage in and of itself slightly because of the, of what, um, manual changes little they are being done but if you can couple that with some sort of you know um a ramwad style stuff it can be been even more beneficial in that sense but so do you like uh, a massage like from a massage therapist better than the massage gun i guess you would say right yeah i do just because ryan sucks with the massage guns (laughs) (laughs) dina knows what she's doing so i like to go to her Well, then, she can find something and be like, oh, does that hurt? I'm like, ah, oh, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that makes me think about cupping because I know uh, you have done that a few times. That's the one where I, I guess they put the cup on you mm-hmm. and then suck the air out mm-hmm. and then it pulls, gives you those weird bruises. Yeah, Everybody yeah. saw Michael Phelps do that a few years ago when he won the Olympics. <laughs> right. So, so it must I've make never me had a that, superstar. <laughs> yeah. I've never had that done before. So tell me about uh, that. I, I think cupping is kind of just overrated. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, it, it is. So it's when it's done correctly, again, it's one of those things when, when done with intent, it is actually beneficial. One thing that has actually been proven to be of quite a bit benefit is uh, movement in conjunction with cupping. So, so all of these right. are only beneficial <laughs> when you, I mean, this is turning out to be a real theme right, here for right. sure. But what I mean by that is there's a method called like functional cupping where say I have a tightness in my shoulder, like a, a little bit of a trigger point in, in my shoulder. Well, if you can find that trigger point and then place a cup over it and then kind of pull on that position while you actually move your arm and whatever muscle it is, if you move it through the range of motion that that muscle provides and you actually get some of that, uh, it will assist in kind of breaking apart wherever that trigger point is, that that built up adhesion in that spot. So, um, like this is something that Dina does quite a bit is she will, she'll put a cup in a certain spot and then actually take my arm around up and down and actually get some movement with it to help release that, that single spot. And that has actually been proven to be a benefit while just stationary cup there, like putting a cup in a certain spot really doesn't provide any, well, that actually sounds to me like it makes a lot more sense. I I had wondered what could possibly come from just putting a cup on, sucking the air out, leaving it there and giving you a bruise. Yeah. Other than just, you know, looking like a hickey, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it does not do much, but then again, you can also, um, like another, another thing is sometimes it helps just to have a little bit of extra, um, I don't know, a little bit of extra work in a single spot whenever 
a, a massage therapist can do some of that movement and stuff and then leave like Dina will rub cups across my back while they have well it's it sucks up and then she like rubs it back and forth also and that mm. can kind of do a little bit too but leaving them in a certain spot and then going to work on a different part of the body can it just feels good yeah. kind of helps that area get a little extra work while she's working on something else at the same time and so that can be beneficial as well but um I would recommend if you're interested in cupping or have cups at home and you want to like learn more about how to use them because a lot it's it's popular now people get cups all the time and have them in their houses and use them on themselves which be careful um so if you're interested in something like that there's an instagram page called cup therapy at cup therapy and they have really good content on there. Some of it's a little like, ooh, it looks a little <laughs> grotesque, but it's, they have good and good information and they are research-based. They don't just, you know, tout claims that are, aren't, don't have some reasoning behind yeah. them. So um, I, you know, I don't really know exactly the whole process of cupping and how it works, but I, people that know more than me have said things like that. So yeah. I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> I'd be interested in trying it for sure. I've just never, never had it done yet. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that covers those. Yeah. So I guess massage therapy, cupping, those go hand in hand a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of any other ones. Yeah. Surely you hear uh, different recovery methods mm-hmm. that float around on the internet, right? So I think where we could go from here is probably like nutritionally. Because people try to... Oh, yeah, to, that's a whole other wormhole. Yeah, hole. so it's, this is a, a deep rabbit hole that we could go into. But I'm going to stick with, like, three things on this one. Maybe um, protein supplementation and uh, meal timing. Okay. And, yeah, let's just stick with that. And carbohydrates. We'll just talk about carbohydrates in general, meal timing, and protein supplementation. And I'll try to wrap them all up really quick. Okay. <laughs> We're only 30 minutes in. We, we've gone way longer than yeah, this. Yeah, we have. I do have... Well, I got Ada coming in a little bit. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. all right. She can start warming up on her own. Uh, we... Let's start with um, just meal timing in general. So some people try to like really focus their meals around the time of their workout in order to enhance recovery. Um, I think this can get very overrated because when your focus turns too much onto when you're eating your meals and not what you're eating in your meals, yeah. things can kind of get distorted because I was going to definitely <laughs> throw the overrated into the hat. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so like if, if you're the, if you're the type of person who's still tr- struggling to just make better choices in general and you're trying to worry about meal timing right now, well, you've got bigger fish to fry than worried, worrying about having your having your protein shake within 45 minutes of working out or something like that. So The, the timing would really be the last thing that I would yeah. ever try to get somebody to focus on. Right, right, exactly. Of course, you can dig into the science of things and you can find a reason why this timing works better than another mm-hmm. timing, but there mm-hmm. are so many other yeah, low hanging fruits that you could. Yeah. The, the, there's so many other low hanging fruits that are, that are down there much easier to focus on. Right. And right. much more beneficial and worth your efforts and time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So meal timing overrated. If you're past the point of really having everything figured out, then that's the point where you could kind of dig into when and where you should kind of eat what nutrients at what time in relation to your activity. And that's not going to be most people. Like most people are just, 
if, if you're not getting paid to be an athlete or like competing in some sort of whatever, then that just shouldn't be a huge concern of yours. So, you know, if you're past that point and you want to talk about those things, hit us up one-on-one we'll let you know, but that's just something that may not be a big concern for most people at the moment. How about protein? Uh, I mean, protein seems like a good one to focus on in my opinion. I mean, that would be much more of the low hanging fruit that I would have somebody uh, work towards is a daily protein goal or something like Mm -hmm. that. I think that's a decent one to focus on. Yeah, for sure. Most people actually don't get nearly enough protein Mm -hmm. and yeah um, and it's i don't know it's one that people talk about all the time and it's on all of the the food marketing for mm -hmm. sure is they'll put protein chips and protein cookies and all this goofy stuff right right high in protein peanut butter (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah so we won't get into all that mess but Protein, you sh- the more of it, the better, honestly. Like, it's very, very hard to eat so much protein that you're going to do any... I mean, and like, you can't. You, you can't it's not overdose. Hard, it's, not that it's, <laughs> it's not that it's hard. It's like, you can't overdose protein. You might, it's, unless you have a kidney issue. Now, if you have if you have issues with your kidneys, kind of, which is funny. We just it had, depends. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you're a perfectly healthy individual, then the more protein, the better, especially if you're trying to, like, lose weight. If you're trying to lose fat, then that can really help because if you can have a big piece of meat with each meal, you're going to be more full going into the next meal and the next meal and the next meal. Mm-hmm. So that's one that's definitely underrated. I would say protein supplementation in the form of a shake for – um, for a lot of, I would say people that come in at five and 6am is underrated, (laughs) but everybody else is, they're pretty much okay. So what I mean by that is a lot of people that wake up first thing in the morning and don't eat anything before they come in to work out and then maybe go home and get ready and get their kids ready and do all kinds of other things before they ever ever even have a meal. Like this is where I would actually maybe give an exception to the meal timing thing is you might be doing a little bit more harm than good if you're going you know, 7 p.m. the night before all the way until 10 or 11 a.m. the next day eating a meal and you're working out at like 5 a.m. So you may be doing a little bit more harm than good by not having that protein shake somewhere within there, just trying to get something in around your workout. So then this is good. I mean, this gives us a a particular point where we would recommend uh, one of these recovery methods, you know, right. we've kind of mm. taken this whole time, almost kind of shitting on all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be one where we would say, like, if you work out in the morning, a protein shake would probably be really good for you. Yeah, right. right. It'd be a, an underrated. Yeah. Underrated recovery method. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're coming in the afternoon, you've already had two or three meals throughout the day, then it's probably not so bad. Your, your blood sugar levels are probably a little more elevated. You're probably have some remaining nutrients flowing through your system and you're going to feel a little bit le- you're a little bit better within your workout. You know, if you're one of those people that comes in at 5am and you work out and you just feel drained and exhausted every single time, then it might be a good idea to start maybe adding in a protein shake and chugging like a half a bottle of Gatorade or something before you hit your workout and see how you feel there. So that it could be an underrated one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, then I guess that takes us to uh, carbs is the only thing left on the list. Mm -hmm. And I can see why you would bring this one up because there's, I don't know, there's funny things that float around about uh, 
I got to carb load. I got to eat all this pizza tonight because <laughs> I'm going to do a 30 minute workout in the morning, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. And so I could see why you put it on the list because there's that idea of carbo loading as if that's something to shoot for. Mm-hmm. So is that where you were thinking of? No, it wasn't. It but wasn't? yeah, that's okay. a good one though. That is, uh, yeah, that's definitely overrated. <laughs> and I wonder maybe that, that conversation came up when it's, in reference to running a marathon the next day or yeah. something like you, then, might, yeah. you might need to carb load if you're about to run 26 miles the next day yeah. but for your 30 minute to an hour workout. Yeah. <laughs> that's not- and, and even then like the whole, the whole idea of like carb loading prior to doing something like that is a little bit overrated because you actually want to kind of carb load throughout the week. Like you want to have your glycogen stores there's a very, there's a fine art to really perfecting uh, something like a marathon. Like when I, when I had studied this in sports nutrition class, I was like, holy shit, there's a, there's this whole like protocol that you can go through where your body is just like on high alert and doing all that it can on marathon day because you, you go through these steps in the week leading up to it to really prepare it for that. So it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. That Um, last year when I was doing all that kind of ultra endurance cycling Uh like that was my first experience with that type of stuff and Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out why I would crash after a few hours you know just my energy level would be in the tank but I learned a lot doing that yeah yeah it takes it takes more than just one night of a few bowls of pasta like you need to kind of train your muscles to absorb and store those carbohydrates before you go into that that single day of really long work throughout Mm -hmm. you need to train it throughout the week to do that so um yeah the carb carbo loading unless you're a a, um, endurance athlete a little overrated um what I meant by what I was talking about with carbohydrates just in general for like our general crossfitters um I think they're a little bit underrated I've come across several several people like whenever it's, it's really hard to say you get people that say they're kind of struggling to lose weight or struggling to meet their goals in some sense. And then you kind of take a look at what they're eating. You're like, you're just not eating enough, especially in carbohydrates. Like if, if you're constantly trying to deprive your body of carbohydrates and you work out an hour a day and then you go, you, you run around a whole lot and do several different things and you're trying to survive on like a hundred grams of carbohydrate each day, then yeah, you're just, you're just running yourself into the ground over and over. So I think carbohydrates, it depends, um, can be quite a bit underrated for, for a lot of our population because we do. Yeah. I guess they kind of got a bad rap for a while because of the Adkins Mm -hmm. diet, because of keto, the popularity of keto and things like that. So, okay. I see where you're coming from here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, and especially a lot of females, they're very terrified to eat, you know, like, there's, there's a few people where I'm like, man, you should be eating like 250 grams of carbs a day. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you should like that as much as you're doing this could really benefit you. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it's, it's very underrated in some senses, but then when you're not actually like thinking about it and tracking it, you wind up eating that or more than that amount without realizing it sometimes. So and it's, it's funny when you start to put pen to paper, they're like, oh, I don't need to eat that many carbs. Like, well, what do you think you've been doing? Why have you been gaining weight? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a weird thing. But I think in, mentally they're underrated. Like people should want you should want to thrive on as many possible calories in general as possible 
to not gain weight, but also perform at your very best. You <laughs> <laughs> Can I give you a, yeah. a standing ovation for this one? <laughs> yeah. You want your calorie intake as high as it can possibly be in order to perform at your very, very best without gaining weight. Like that is the ideal. Like if you can eat 5,000 calories a day and not gain weight, you are a freaking brick house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Oh my God. Yeah. That could take us down a whole other rabbit hole. Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. So we wrap it up there on sleep. Okay. okay. <laughs> underrated. <laughs> so underrated. Get your sleep. Like I just, Oh man, I could talk about this so much. So I was telling the 5am class the other day. Um, there were several people, there was like five or six people signed up when I when I was about to go to sleep at like 7.45. And then um, I woke up like an hour hour or two later, I think, to go to the bathroom. And um, I just glanced at my phone for a second and had a message. I kind of opened it up and looked at Wattify. And there, I think it was like 9.30 or something. And there still, there still was like maybe six people signed up. Then I woke up the next morning and there's like nine people had signed up. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> If you guys are up signing up for class at 10 p.m. the night before 5 a.m. class, you probably don't need to come to 5 a.m. CrossFit. <laughs> so I was just, I was like, oh, Jesus, how many people are doing this all the time, though? Like, like all coming the time. in super early on five hours of sleep. You're Is that right, what you mean? Right. That's exactly what I mean. Like, like man, it's just so not good for you. I'd rather you just sleep in and come work out in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I mean, or just, just go to bed earlier, which is damn near impossible for a lot of people to do especially when you have kids so like I just oh, it would just be a perfect world if everybody could get at least eight hours of sleep yeah <laughs> people just don't understand the benefit of it and it breaks my heart because I'm like you could you could cancel out all of these other things and get nine hours of sleep each night and and eat enough protein <laughs> and you would be a superstar <laughs> a freaking superstar like yeah. it's just so underrated sleep is so underrated that's all I gotta say about that. I don't even have anything to add to that. I mean, I know I talked some. Yeah, about, we talk about, about sleep this a lot on, on the last podcast about Absolutely. how mine has gotten better, and mm -hmm. I've really been putting a lot of emphasis into it. And I'm still up to, or I'm still below the eight hours mm -hmm. goal, I guess. But it's gotten a whole lot better, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. So it's definitely something that I prioritize these days more than anything. <laughs> I was gonna so. applaud you, but I can't reach it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just. I just feel like I'm constantly when I talk to people about sleep and they're like, yeah, I know, I know, I need to, I know. And I'm just like hitting them on the head with a book and they're not even recognizing it. <laughs> well, we'll just keep saying it. I mean, yeah. that's all we can do is just keep uh, reinforcing the yeah. the good things and see what we can do. That's so. right. That's right. And that's all we can really do is just try to get a little better at whatever it is that we need to get better at. You know, none of this none of these good things happen overnight. It just takes uh, constant effort and constant or trying to find ways to make it work for your schedule and your lifestyle and your family household and all of that. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Is that, are we That's wrapping right. it up there? Yep. I know you got to meet Ada in Ada's like 60 me. She's seconds. She's probably locked outside of the door right now. <laughs> so we gotta go. Well, I didn't lock it. Did oh, you? okay. Oh, I don't know why she's calling. She well, maybe that is her out there. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.